Hello, and welcome to the Cash News Podcast, informative conversations about all things currency and cash. We'll share insights on the issues affecting the world of cash today, like cash security, payments technology, and the cash supply chain. Your hosts, Tom Meehan and Sean Ferrari, hope to inform industry professionals and support better cash security and management by sharing the latest information on trends, strategies, and technology. This is the Cash News Podcast. Now, here's Tom and Sean. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cash News Podcast. As always, joined by Sean Ferrari. Sean. Hello, Tom. Hello, everybody. Good to be chatting with you again on this warm, hot August day. Yes, summer is here and almost gone. Kids are going to be going back to school soon. It, it went by very fast, but it probably always goes by very fast. So it's probably not, not much of a difference. A lot going on in the summer, right? We, we still have this inflation challenge. The Fed reads the interest rate. But I think, Sean, I know we're going to be brief today, but I think we wanted to talk together kind of about uh, something that really hasn't been in the mainstream media as much as I thought it would be, which is the BRICS. And for Everybody that doesn't know what the BRICS are is there's a group of countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And I want to say 14 or 15 years ago, this conversation came up about should there be another reserve currency created? It was, I think at that time, really around uh, oil and petroleum and, you know, just saying, hey, what if we don't want to use the US dollar or SWIFT? And then in the last year or so, two years, it's come up many times about, hey, if we do this and we do get sanctioned, we would be able to still buy. And then actually it came to real life with the Ukraine and SWIFT being turned off. So the news, if you read the news and you know how I am about the traditional news media, what what I keep seeing is Russia and China are creating a currency to, to combat the dollar. Well, that's kind of true. But what are your what are your thoughts yeah, as you say, part of this is is nothing new. It's been kicked around for a while. There's a new, obviously, reason for them to look at it and see if they can get something to take off. It is one of those things where just from a philosophical, logistical, everything, for many reasons, it's very, very hard to create a common currency between countries. If you look at the euro, for instance, that was no easy task. And that was, you know, it took many, 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 many years just agreeing. I mean, it's simple thing, not simple, but things you don't think about, like, what is this thing going to look like? What portrait is going to be on it? What building is going to be on it? What national identity does it associate with? I mean, things that you don't necessarily think about when you're using currency on a day in and day out basis, but it is not easy. And and to get just the Eurozone, who are by and large, very friendly countries to each other and in the same geographical area and not, yes, sure, they all have their political issues, but nothing to the extent that you would, that you would contribute to the same political issues of the BRICS countries that are trying to come together to create this. So it's not easy. Now, if you're looking at a completely commercial motivation for doing it or political in terms of we want to create something that can be used if the dollar can't be because you're you're sanctioned or the euro can't be because you're sanctioned you know you have some additional impetus there to maybe get something done but at the same time would it be used as a world reserve currency even if it came into being no you only would use a reserve currency to guard against uncertainty or you know put something in something that's stable and i wouldn't think that not all of those countries have instability issues but 
a good number of them are countries you wouldn't necessarily maybe trust the government fully to <laughs> to put your your life savings in or your your stability in right so i mean whether they use it themselves as a way to run their economy or or replace the dollar sure maybe i mean that's like best case yep. i think for them would the rest of the world use it no i don't think so so sure it would be problematic for the us and the eurozone if the countries that are considering it dropped all dollar or or euro reserves and went right to that currency but then at the same time they're holding U.S. dollar for a reason. Would they stop holding U.S. dollar and only hold a currency that's their own? Well, they could do that if they wanted to right now without, I mean, just their own currency. So I don't know. I don't really see the the threat to the existing currencies with it or the, the likelihood of it happening. I, I still put as pretty low. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because I think some of this is everybody playing a game of chess. And this is my opinion and, and that, this is a, almost, in some cases, fear-mongering by saying, if we do this, it'll impact. But I, I'm kind of with you on the fact that, yeah, let's say they did do it. And there are other countries that aren't in the BRICS that are talking about it, but they're kind of the countries you would expect, countries that aren't necessarily our allies or our friends in the United States. And this isn't really, in my opinion, that there's no political comment from my side here. This is just I understand why it resurfaced, right? Like you and I have said, this has gone on for a whole bunch of times. And actually the last time there was any real rumbling about it, they actually specifically said, well, what if we got sanctioned and couldn't use SWIFT? What would we do? Would we circumvent by going through another currency like SDR, like just coming up with ways around it? So it makes perfect sense why it would surface again, because we are sanctioning and SWIFT has been turned off and there are real geopolitical challenges around you know, large pieces of it. And for folks that are not frequent travelers like you or I and don't have a lot of global business, I don't know that everybody realized how large Russia is on the global economy. They really were huge, massive, you know, between grain and oil and gas. And just they were an economic superpower in the world. I think people get that China is. I think COVID's definitely helped people understand how important the global economy is and what happens when you, you know it starts to move. And I think that's why we're starting to see you know manufacturing coming back to the US at a more rapid pace than we've seen before because we're looking at that sustainability and resilience of, okay, what happens? We never thought a global pandemic was actually possible. The, it's happened and now we understand that our supply chain was super fragile and we just were lucky. So it's an interesting one for sure. I mean, I saw a Market Insider article that I thought was a little bit more neutral on it. But the message at least that's coming is that this is happening. But to your point, how long would it take? Like physically, how it would take years and years just to establish yeah, yeah. the foundation. And then I got to believe the big players in here are all going to be like, oh, this is ours. You know, we're the ones that started it, which is, again, very challenging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the governing, you know, if, if we look at what we learned from the euro, which was not a simple task, look at Brexit, what happens when someone wants to exit, what the amount of time that that takes and what the impact is. And those are countries that are, you know, in EU countries, euro countries are generally developed with established governments, Democrat, like so, I'm not saying Russia is is a developed country. China is, but South Africa means a lot. Like, what does that mean? South Africa is a big. Africa is a big. Like, what does that mean? And those countries at that point have to ask themselves: There's a lot going on in South Africa, but why are you going to join a currency with? Risk reward. 
I mean, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing when you actually sit down and say, okay, I'm going to do this. Let's do okay. it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's put pen to paper and actually make it work. That and then how hard it is. Yeah. And I, and I, the other thing I would say, and this is just, again, my opinion, you're talking China and India are what? The two together are 90% of the population of the world. Like you're talking about Probably, places yeah. that, yeah, like more than 3 billion people, right? That in itself creates a challenge of just that how do we geographically handle, like if we create this currency, is it become real currency where they're printing notes? Because you, you have a is whole it, different challenge yeah. then. Yeah, so, is, yeah. It, is it, is it, and, and to some degree, I would say it has to, but it, it doesn't, I guess, it doesn't have to, particularly with all the discussions on CBDCs and other electronic type stuff these days. But at the same time, we haven't really progressed to the point yet, I don't think, where a currency exists, particularly a new one like that, without a physical representation of it so that you know, okay, I can actually go get this thing. I don't know. <laughs> and then, I mean, and I guess this is, I'll leave with this because this is just my thought. I thought like, man... China, Russia, India, Brazil, and I'll even leave South Africa out because I think that's such a loaded, it's hard to understand like, well, then who, who, you know, what, what parts, who's going to manage it there? You know, is India going to let Russia and China make a decision like for a cent like central bank, like type those type of decisions for them? I or, wouldn't are think they going to create a board? Are they going to create yeah. a board with right. four different countries? Yeah, to me, it, it, it is very similar to the EU, but not much more developed, smaller countries, you know, much, much closer in proximity. I just feel- Well, and the, and the EU, and the EU is, is joined together, right? Economically, yeah. that's yeah. The, the Eurozone, right? They are. Yeah. And, and these countries, I don't think would ever consider joining economically. I don't know how you would do it. They're different. completely divergent in yeah. many, many things. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's why I, I think that I understand why, and there's a, like a really good picture of they're all, everybody standing together, holding each other's hands. Like that shows that they met and talked about this. And I, I understand, I really genuinely understand the need to talk about it because, you know, if sanctions continue, these countries have to find a way to do business. And we, we saw that China and Russia already agreed yeah. to exchange currency that they didn't before. No, that's it, a short-term fix. Yeah, and well, and that's where I say, you know, if if we're just talking about, and maybe that's all that they're really discussing, is a way for the countries in that group to trade funds with each other. Okay, but as soon as I mean, it's like a still still tough. It's still it's still, tough. it's still tough, but. I don't think it has much of an impact other than within that group that enables them to continue stuff. It's, it's not like a country that's sanctioning them is going to be like, oh, well, sure, I'll use that currency and trade with you as well. Like, no, they're still sanctioned. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 <laughs> and so, it, it, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. And S, there's a lot of mention of SDR, which I'm not an expert on, but SDR is not a currency. So like, there's a lot of mention in these articles about the difference a reserve currency like to your point requires a foundation that isn't just you know you and i can't tomorrow we're like let's just start printing money like it just doesn't work that way so there's right. a lot involved here so this is something i think we'll watch because uh, i think i think there's a need to watch it i think let's just say you know 10 years from now there was another currency there would be an impact i mean realistically there'd be an impact i don't know what that would be but there'd be an impact yeah, again, it depends how it's used between who in its existence, would that mean holding a euro or US dollar as a reserve currency in those countries would be discontinued? Okay, well, that in the case of China or, or Russia or others could could have significant effects. But I don't know that it means that I don't think that that's 
a necessary result. Here. I think it's what you and I said to originally. This is a literally a response to exactly what next podcast. I'll do a little research because it's driving me nuts. I can't remember when this service, I think it was 14 or 15 years ago that it started. This was this conversation was based on if we had sanctions, how would we do it? Which is a little bit in itself crazy, right? Like you're building something yeah. around if, if, you know, so like that to me automatically says like, everybody take a step back and understand that this was a fail safe in case there were sanctions. And the reality is that that's where politics come into play. You know, what would you sanction someone for? Usually something pretty significant, you know, right. that, 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 so. Yeah. Well, and that speaks to, is anybody else going to use that as a reserve? Yeah. No. Well, that, and, that, and that's, and that's kind of even like, and I, again, this is totally just you and I talk, I, I'm not reading this anymore. How does India, who is very neutral, accept that as a currency right. without creating challenges? How do you, how do you do that? How do countries that are yeah, really neutral, know. they really are neutral in this process going like, we don't agree with it, but you know, we're not getting involved. We're kind of in the middle of everything. What does that mean? If India did decide to do this, what does it mean for relations with EU countries and US countries? Are they now starting? This is the problem with politics, right? There's sides. Yeah, right. <laughs> like you, you, sometimes you lose it. I just thought it would be an interesting conversation. I think- No, it is. And, it, and, it's, and it's not- completely different from the crypto conversations we've yeah. been having, right? You know, yeah. it's it's just another form of a currency that could be created by someone. And that doesn't mean that it's stable. It doesn't mean it'll have any effect on anything. And it's the same reason crypto was created, right? It's well, one of the same reasons, which was yeah. we want to avoid government, whether it's sanctions or just monitoring or avoid the government and the banks altogether. <laughs> So we're going to yeah. create this other form of currency. Okay, fine. You can do that. But there are, <laughs> there are risks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I think it's interesting. And so maybe you and I can try to find a guest to talk about it. Someone who knows a little bit, has a little more. I mean, the meeting, I think the meeting just happened. The BRICS meeting just happened uh, a week or two ago. So I, th I think it's still fresh news. Yeah. No, I think it is. So yeah, I think that's what we kind of wanted to chat about today. Obviously, there's the, the normal stuff going on in the U.S. with inflation and, and what have you, but it's not a whole lot of new there. Just continues to happen. I think the only other thing, I know we're keeping it short today, and so I'll just use a little bit of time remaining here to, to plug our San Diego event coming up where we'll talk about everything going on in the cash cycle got some good retailers coming on board people are starting to to finally sign up as we're getting a little closer to november so things are looking good i know i'll be working with with tom and, and his colleagues on a cool workshop to start the event with um, teaching people how to think a little differently about problem solving so we're looking forward to that as well as all the topics we'll talk about and just seeing people again um, after this many years so definitely looking forward to san diego that's going to be really exciting that wasn't actually that short i think it was yeah, we we blabbed on a while yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll find a guest we're going to find a guest about this somewhere so if you're listening and you want to come on as a guest to talk about it all you have to do is ask that'll be your credential to come on so <laughs> we're, exactly we're, yeah yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll have you on you know, I don't know exactly when this is going to be published, but I think it'll still be August. Hopefully, everybody will still get to enjoy a little of the sun and not do what Sean and I do and go to the hottest places that we could find to get relaxation. So always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, likewise. Have a good rest of your day and everybody else have a good rest of your day or evening whenever you might be listening to this. And we'll be back with you again soon. All right. Signing off. See you. Thanks for listening to the Cash News Podcast. We hope you found this episode insightful. 
Don't forget to like and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and be sure to visit us at thecashnews.com to stay up to date with the latest on the world of cash. Thanks again for listening to the Cash News Podcast.